turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, August the 23rd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on August 23, 2008, Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama introduced his choice for running mate, Senator Joe Biden of Delaware. Crowd outside the state capitol in Springfield, Illinois, clapped tepidly. Joe Biden had run for president several times. He'd withdrawn once because he was exposed for plagiarism. Another time he had just simply dropped out because there was no support for him. But this time he would be one step closer to his lifetime goal of being president of the United States. That was today in August, August 23rd, 2008. Today in three, uh, 1305, Scottish rebel leader Sir, Sir uh, William Wallace was executed by the English for treason. This is pretty <laughs> vivid, but they hanged him. He was drawn. He was stretched on one of those stretchers. He was beheaded. And he was quartered. They really did not like Sir William Wallace. Today in 1754, Francis King Louis XVI, he was born in Versailles. Today in 1775, Britain's King George III, he made a public statement proclaiming that those American colonies over there are in a state of open and avowed rebellion. That was probably an understatement. It was indeed that and more, he was about to get a very famous letter. We call it the Declaration of Independence within the next few months. Today in 1902, Fanny Farmer, she was the first to emphasize the relationship of diet to health. She opened her school of cookery in Boston. Today in 1902. Today in 1914, Japan declared war against Germany in World War I. Today, in 1939, Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union agreed to a non-aggression treaty. Today, in 1973, a bank robbery turned hostage-taking began in Stockholm, Sweden. I mention that because it's kind of famous. It's now taught in psychology textbooks what happened there. These four hostages spent time, quite several days, as I recall, with these bank robbers. And the bank robbers told them their story and they told them how hard up things they had been and how things had really turned against them and they didn't really want to be doing what they're doing, but they had to do this. They had to keep them as hostage. They had to rob this bank and so on. And at the end of it, the, the, the hostages had become advocates for the bank robbers. They ended up empathizing with their captors. This whole thing became a case study in human emotion and psychology 
and it became known as the Stockholm Syndrome. And it's referred to to this day, and it's taught in a number of psychology textbooks. The Stockholm Syndrome. That happened today in 1973. Today in 2013, a military jury, uh, jury convicted Major Natal Hassan in the deadly 2009 shooting rampage at Fort Hood, Texas, claimed 13 lives. He was a Army psychiatrist who was later sentenced to death. He was an active Muslim as well. That is never included in the reports or the stories that are put out as today with Associated Press. They didn't bother to report that part because that was the driving, the motivational part behind what this guy did to all of these American soldiers. His supposedly his comrades in the army. Joe Biden uh, is failing miserably. He's going down like a rock in the um, in the polls. I don't need to explain why. We'll talk a little bit about that today. But a senior Taliban spokesman told the UK Sky News, that would be kind of a sister to Fox News here in the United States, this morning that the United States and its ally Britain, I'm quoting the Taliban coming through the through Sky News, the United States and its ally Britain will face consequences, that's a quote, if they seek to extend their military presence in Afghanistan to ensure the safe evacuation of their citizens. American President Joe Biden said this summer that he would withdraw all troops from the country by August 31st. He had previously announced in April that the withdrawal would end on September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the jihadist attack in the, that prompted the Afghan war in the first place. Biden has been wanting to stage this war or this withdrawal from Afghanistan uh, for optics. I mean, I'm, I'm just being very blunt about it. He's wanted to stage this for optics so that he could announce on 9-11 that he and he alone, he, President Biden, have successfully done what former presidents could not do or would not do, and that is withdraw from American troops from Afghanistan. And he would do so on this 20th anniversary of 9-11 when the Muslims attacked New York City and attacked America and the Pentagon and in Pennsylvania, that plane went down. But it's more about, it seems to be, at least to me, it seems to be more about optics and more about just the pictures and so on than it is the actions. And that is what is becoming a problem for him because there's a poll out now, and one of the reporters mentioned it over the weekend, there's a poll out now, that a CBS news poll, so it certainly isn't skewed to the right or toward conservatism, I'll tell you. But the majority of Americans no longer believe President Joe Biden is competent in his role as a commander-in-chief. CBS published that on Friday after we had been on the air. I didn't mention it on Friday. But 51% of the respondents to this CBS news poll said Biden is not competent in his position as president. Not because they're they're saying they disagree with him on his policies. I mean, some of them obviously do, but not all of them do. But a majority of Americans are now saying 
that he is not competent to be president of the United States. And that is be- becoming very, very um, clear through the process of this withdrawal or the attempted withdrawal uh, out of Afghanistan. 51% said um, of Americans said Biden is not competent in his position as president. 49% said they, they thought he was, but there was a, a, a quite a number of people within that 49% who think he is competent that said they were questioning, beginning to question whether or not he is. But with that, 53% of the respondents said they disagree with the way that he withdrew the troops. So even those that feel that he is still kind of competent in being president disagreed with um, the way he's handled this. The poll from CBS also found that Biden's overall job approval rating is at 50%. But on the same day, NBC, that was Friday afternoon, NBC came out with a news poll and that had been taken about the same time frame that the CBS, and, and the time frame is always important in a poll, about the same time frame that CBS had taken their polling. And uh, they found that Biden's job approval is now less than 50%. So it had dropped even within the last couple of weeks. Very, very interesting. When he was confronted about that, we took a little press conference, as you know, on Friday, I think it was Friday or yesterday. He was on over the weekend a couple of times as well. But when asked, one of the reporters asked him about it. I'm pretty sure it was on the Friday uh, little conference he had with the reporters. Somebody asked him about that and pressed him a little bit. And he said, how do you feel about it? And he laughed. And he said, I haven't seen that poll. But um, he can't remember the name of some of the people that he's appointed to office in his administration. He was talking about FEMA. He went to great lengths to talk before he even addressed the Afghanistan issue, great lengths to talk about the hurricane that was ripping into the East Coast and did over the weekend, which is certainly worthy of the president's attention. He should pay attention to that. But he was talking about FEMA, and he went on and on and on about this thing and how prepared they were for it and so on. And he kept talking about the director of FEMA and what a great guy he was. He said, I can't think of a more qualified a person then, uh, 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 and he turned, what's his name? I, I mean, it's not good. I think we've all seen that. Vice President Harris has kind of dropped off the scene. Well, she's in Singapore. Yeah, she went to Singapore representing the United States. First thing she was asked when she got there by a reporter, she arrived there yesterday. First thing that she was asked was, what do you think about Afghanistan and the Taliban? Do you know what she did? She began cackling that crazy laugh that she has, and she went on and on and on, just laughing with her head back. Welcome to the United States of America, following our last presidential election. Mike Huckabee is a very, pretty mild-spoken guy. I like Mike a lot. I've never met him, but I like him a lot. He said we should be outraged by the incompetent failure of the Biden administration. He published this about two hours ago this morning. He said, I'm quoting Mike Huckabee, This week, President Joe Biden, Secretary of Defense Austin Lloyd, and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley should do our nation a favor and resign and let us replace them with Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> I think we all, we all know who that is. Mike says, forgive my bluntness. But our nation stands in humiliation and dishonor before the world 
in the inept, incompetent, disastrous manner in which this administration exited our 20-year involvement in Afghanistan and allowed the Taliban to take full control in a matter of mere hours. Getting out of there wasn't the controversy, Mike says, and I would just add to that, Joe Biden, every time he speaks, the president, he tries to associate the problem with getting out and he defends the problem that he creates, but that's a that's a straw problem. It, it that's not a problem. Everybody, pretty much, not everybody, but most vast majority of Americans feel that we should be getting out of Afghanistan in the way that we've been there over these years. They just disagree with the way he's doing it, but he doesn't address that part of it. He always addresses as the big controversy of whether we should get out. Then he defends getting out because he knows that the majority of people or somebody around him knows that the majority of people agree with that. But most Americans, Mike, back to quoting Mike Huckabee, most Americans felt 20 years of war there was more than enough, and all four presidents who oversaw our involvement wanted to bring the troops home. But this week, our exit from Afghanistan was a goat rodeo. The worst wasn't that the ill-prepared Biden team embarrassed us. It's that the sloppy way in which they did it put thousands of Americans' lives at risk and created an almost certain death sentence to the Afghans who fought alongside of us these 20 years. Mike is so right, so very, very right. We live in uncertain times. There is no question about that. I was reading in Philippians this morning, came across a verse that I know you know if you read your Bible at all. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, the Bible encourages us, tells us, implores us, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great re recompense of reward. Don't allow Satan to steal your confidence, because your confidence is not in Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anyone else. Our confidence is in the Lord. Yes, we care about things, very much so, about America, and I believe God has called us to care about America. I wouldn't be doing this radio program if I didn't believe that with all my heart. I believe he's called me to talk about the things we talk about at this point in my life and at this point in our the course of human events in America. But I will tell you, there is a bigger, bigger dynamic to all of this. And it is that God is in control. And our confidence is in God himself, who created all things. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't allow the uncertainty of our times to take control of your heart and mind and begin to control you in the decisions that you make as an individual. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. That doesn't 
mean become dumb and turn off your mind, but it does mean that God's ways are higher than our ways. He knows all things. He knows the beginning and the end. And God is in control of all things. Just in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Thank you for your support of this ministry. We could not and would not be doing it without it. We have no other means of paying the bills except those who believe in what we're doing and support us each month. I want to thank you for that. We don't talk a lot about it. Some days I don't even mention it on this program. In fact, people have mentioned to me that I mention it so little on the program, and when I do, it doesn't take up a lot of our time. It doesn't, and it never will. If the support isn't there for this ministry, this daily radio program that originates live, then we just won't do it. And I believe God has called me to this. I feel very passionate about it. And I know many of you do as well because you support us regularly. As long as that support is here, we'll continue to do what we do with God's help. And I can promise you that. But we do need your support. We need your help to be here every day. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Tom Brokaw, with whom I disagree on most things, certainly got it right. The men and women who defend America, liberty, and freedom, particularly in World War II, were indeed the greatest generation. But apparently, the Taliban agrees with him as well, because they too have chosen to specifically mock, not remember, not appreciate, but mock the six U.S. soldiers who planted our American flag on Mount uh, Suribachi in Iwo Jima during World War II. Remember that picture? We've seen it a thousand times, a million times. The photo was taken by Joe Rosenthal, where the our guys are planting that flag. There's six of them, and they have that flag, that staff, and they're planting it there on, on the mountain in Iwo Jima. It sort of characterized World War II and the victory of World War II. Well, Joe Rosenthal is the guy that took that picture. It's the most reproduced photograph in history, that picture. The Taliban has published a reenactment of that photo with their fighters wearing American military gear that's been handed over to them or they've taken in Afghanistan. They're planting the Taliban, Taliban flag on a hill in Afghanistan. They're mocking our greatest generation and they're mocking the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. And they're mocking our president. I want to share a few thoughts with you this morning about this. Take a closer look at the U.S. military weaponry that we've left behind, what that should cause us to perhaps expect in the future. The Taliban's Badri 313 Battalion has released a collection of these propaganda footage that includes that recreation of that famed 1945 World War II picture of soldiers raising the American flag during the Battle of Iwo Jima. The propaganda, though, shows that the Taliban in U.S. military gear hoisting their Taliban flag in mere recreation of that iconic World War II Pulitzer Prize winning photo. Their photo has gone around the world as well. I've seen it in every place I've looked in the news, in Europe, Australia, Asia, wherever. 
But pictures show the Badri 313 Taliban soldiers wearing camouflage, combat boots, body armor, all U.S. equipment. The soldiers are also driving Humvees and carrying M14 carbon uh, and uh, all their U.S. equipment, mostly state-of-the-art. It's been handed off to the Taliban. Instead of their robes and turbans, the Badri special unit is wearing U.S. gear, military helmets, sunglasses even, that was meant for our allies, has now been taken by the enemy. The Badri Battalion was said to be named after the Battle of Badar, which it was written about in the Quran. In that, the Prophet Muhammad, their Prophet Muhammad, successfully defeated an enemy force with just 313 men against this vast army about 1,400 years ago. That is one of many places where the Quran has taken, Muhammad has taken stories from Scripture, the Bible, and has adapted them to his uh, war-based religion. And that's what Islam was founded on, was war and conquering. And this is one of those. I suppose you could make kind of a loose um, comparison to Gideon and his few people who defeated many in the power of God. That That's what this attempt was about, in my opinion. Anyway, that's why this kind of elite battalion of fighters are called the 313. It's about that, back from the writings of Muhammad. Reports from India and elsewhere confirm that the Taliban is no longer a group of ragtag shepherds wearing robes and turbans. They have become, especially with this equipment that they've acquired over the last year, and particularly the last few months, they become a tactical, well-trained fighting force now empowered with U.S. weaponry. Another photo that's out there shows the Taliban eating ice cream cones in an attempt to mock President Biden, who's often seen and he's often photographed, has been this summer eating an ice cream cone. Everybody likes an ice cream cone. I like an ice cream cone. I'm sure some of you, many, most of you listening, like an ice cream cone, especially in hot weather. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that, I don't know, it just seems to flow with all of the ineptness. With the, It's a river of ineptness that we are experiencing in this leadership or lack thereof. And yet he always shows up eating an ice cream cone. Well, here's this picture, and it's it's all over the place on social media. It's all over the world. And here's these Taliban guys with their beards and their you know head covered, but they've pushed back that covering so you could be sure to recognize them. They're younger guys. I don't know, look like maybe 20-ish, in their 20s, whatever. They're standing in front of some kind of a store. And they've got these giant ice cream cones, and they're all holding them up. It's kind of funny. But it's so sad because that's where we are. All a result of the president's inability to lead the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's given the Taliban a shot of good fortune. And they're trying to fully assess it. They're using, as I said, social media, putting their message and their images around the world. To the Taliban, it's a huge psychological win. No question about it. Picture after picture, them standing in front of new Ford SUVs that are all decked out for war. And our guns, our 
clothing, our equipment. I mean, it's unbelievable. They've captured stockpiles of weaponry. They've been given, you know, it's been given to the Afghan army over the past 20 years. The lists vary. I was trying to look into exactly what do they have. No, what I found was nobody knows for sure. We don't know. In fact, one of the guys in the Biden administration said over the weekend, somebody asked him that question. He said, well, how much do the, does the Taliban have? And he said, we don't know. <laughs> but most reports include that in addition to the Humvees, the Taliban possesses these mine-resistant vehicles, Black Hawk helicopters, other U.S.-funded items in addition to thousands. They say 600,000 M16 rifles, as many as 20 A-29 attack airplanes. We do know that the U.S. has given Afghanistan forces about $28 billion, some say $83 billion, somewhere in there, of weaponry between 2002 and 2017. But reports from our government from 2003 to 2019, the American taxpayers have funded uh, this list, and I'll give it to you, to Afghanistan. 75,898 vehicles, 599,690 weapons, 162,643 pieces of communications equipment, 208 aircraft, 6,191 pieces of intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance equipment, 7,035 machine guns, 4,702 Humvees, 20,040 hand grenades, 2,520 bombs, and 1,394 grenade launchers. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said yesterday, that in just six months under President Biden, American leadership has walked off the stage as the world watches the Taliban seize control of Afghanistan. Pompeo, who would make a great president, fully, totally capable, graduated number one in his class from West Point. He's a lawyer. He's an experienced politician. He is a deeply committed Christian, deeply committed conservative to the core, committed to the Lord. He and his wife, in fact, teach a Sunday school class, elementary kids, when he's in town. They live in Kansas now. He grew up in Southern California. But he says we've returned to the Barack Obama era, America apologizing, American weakness. Our adversaries are not fearing us, and our friends are not trusting us. If you look back over the last 70 years, you find presidents from both political parties, from FDR and Harry Truman and John F. Kennedy to Richard Nixon to Ronald Reagan to the father and son, Bushes, H.W. and George W. You look at these two, Donald Trump, they believed that America has a special role to play in the affairs of the world as an exceptional nation. Obama's ideology or worldview never really fit that reality, neither does Joe Biden's. Obama was obsessed with remaking America, and he was not shy about talking about it. Biden has been so obsessed with becoming president, that's his admitted lifelong goal. He has no clue as to what America actually is. He gave a speech, he gave a speech at Harvard University in 2014, he was then vice president, Joe Biden, and he said this, I'm quoting him, at Harvard in 2014. As vice president, there is nothing special about being an American. Continuing in his speech, he said, none of you can define for me what an American is. 
You can't define it based on religion, ethnicity, race, and culture. That's why we are where we are today. We'll continue tomorrow.